2: You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We are so glad you're here today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer, a producer, uh, and I'm on with my sister
0: Julie today. Hey, Jewel. Hey, Leanne. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I'm a podcaster, but an occasional contributor to Satellite Sisters books and things. <laughs> Happy to be here with you, Leanne.
2: Okay, our question of the day, Jewel, Uh is how excited are you on a scale of one to 10? How excited are you about Ben and Jen's wedding? That happened uh, this weekend. <laughs> they finally got married, okay. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. I know,
0: It's I'm a solid ten, Leon. I oh. have to say, I'm really excited about this. I can't really pinpoint why, but it's it's like a rom com, right? It's like yeah. it's like it's Jenny from the Block, right? There, <laughs> there she is. You know, we want we're so excited for her. You know, to find true love, to go back to a love that you had earlier. I mean, I. I don't know, you know, she. She's, you know, she seems so happy and I just want her to be happy. I don't know why. Uh, I'm a big fan of her. I guess that's it. How about you? You know, it was funny
2: this weekend. We were at brunch, something we never do, but our sister, Sheila is visiting uh, from New York. She's here in Pasadena. So she took my family out to lunch and my son, Brooks, I don't talk about his work much, but he's a photographer here in Los Angeles and owns his own film company. And uh, he rents equipment and he does digiteching, and he was on a big shoot last week and normally, I, I he's on a lot of celebrity driven shoots. Well, now. yeah, yeah, Good. it's Los Angeles, but I, I can't say anything because he signs a lot of NDAs. But last week, he happened to be shooting Jennifer Lopez oh, for a big luxury brand. Yeah. And uh, I said, So, how was it? And the first thing he said was, She works really hard, she hmm. comes in, she has no attitude, she worked really hard, she had a lot to do that day, and she just got it done. And then he said,
0: and she is unbelievably beautiful. And <laughs> yeah. see, don't you aren't you aren't you glad to hear that? Don't you yeah. think that's what she is? So aren't so how could you not be a 10 on the excitement scale for her, right? Well, here's part of Brooks's
2: Hollywood journey is Remember nine years ago when he was a valet parker at the fancy hotel in Pasadena, the Langham? Yes. He, par- he parked Jennifer Lopez's car once.
0: <laughs> Woo. Woo. Okay. okay. Quite a journey for him, too, as well, Julie. Yes, valet I, can- <laughs> I can see that. And Ben Affleck, we believe in second chances. Okay. I mean, or th- or I just. Or third or fourth, <laughs> yeah. or whatever number he's on. We're happy for you. And just. Okay, the whole thing's good. Yeah. It really, it really made my weekend Liam. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, all right. Today on the show, we're going to be
2: talking to Stephanie Weaver. She is a health advocate and a recipe developer. She suffers from migraine disease. And uh, she spent the last five or six years of her life uh developing recipes and a plan for migraine sufferers. She's out with a new cookbook, the migraine relief plan cookbook, with a hundred recipes. But, uh, you know, Stephanie's gonna to talk to us today about. Her journey with migraine, what to look for, the kind of diet that, sh- that works for her, the nutritional support she's gotten from doctors and nutritionists. And she is a frequent contributor at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, a longtime listener. So we're. That's right. You, she's
0: you. tuned in to the Satellite Sisters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and that. And I don't think we've ever talked about migraines on Satellite I don't sisters. think we have. And I, uh, it's about time, Liam. It's okay. about time. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a very female centric um, situation actually. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I went to a music festival a couple weeks ago. I have some do's and don'ts for my fellow music festival goers. Mm-hmm. Julie, mm-hmm. you have a couple of good TV recommendations. I do. I and, do. And uh, you have a summer job.
0: Um, I have, I have, you have a summer job suggestion for you. Okay. This is right up your alley, Leanne. I, it's so brilliant. I I'm, I'm really excited about <laughs> it. Can't wait to okay. tell you. I need more jobs, so that's good. (laughs)
2: All right. Speaking of that, our sister Liz is on the job this week. She is at the world track and field championships in Eugene, Oregon, world athletic championships. You, if you've been following us on Facebook or uh, or Instagram at Sat sisters, you've been seeing Liz's live reports from Hayward field there in Eugene, Oregon. Liz is working. She's been doing marketing for the event for years. Um, But it's been a phenomenal week of athletics. I mean, some incredible performances from American Women from the Jamaican women. Oh, the they field, were good on the track. I don't know. Did you see that heptathlete last night? The young American heptathlete. No I, missed, no, I missed No, I oh, didn't. Holy cow. I mean, those athletes. Uh, it's unbelievable. So, um, so Liz is there working, and then my family. We are going up for the second weekend of track and field. Now, okay. first thing to know, like. Longtime track and field fans. My husband was a yes. distance runner in college. Loves track and field. You know, uh, always has. The kids love track and field. So we were go- We would have gone even if Liz wasn't involved. So right. uh, we're headed up there. Um, okay. One of the drawbacks to Eugene. I didn't want to say this to Liz, but she knows it. Is there's just not a lot of hotel rooms. <laughs> There, no, like,
0: it's a college town, right? Yeah. I mean, th- yeah. they have some, but not. They're holding world event. They have all those athletes, the press. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to get a hotel. Hotel. No, so
2: no. Uh, so then we looked into renting a house. We're there for four nights, uh, and the house rental, you know, people were really looking to uh, pay the mortgage. I guess so. Yeah, the house rentals were like fifteen college tuition. Yeah, yes, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a night <gasps> to rent a house. Okay. and I'm like, you know, uh. I don't really want to spend eight grand to stay in Eugene, Oregon. But fortunately, we have a cousin in Eugene. So mm-hmm. I, I cooked up about a year ago. I contacted her. I said, Hey, would you want to do a house swap? We'll stay at your house in Eugene and you can bring your family down here to my house in Southern California because she has uh, adult children. She has three grandchildren. So the house
0: swap is on, Jewel. The house okay, swap is on. Okay, Leanne, that's a pr- creative and brilliant idea. So how's it going, the house swap? <laughs> Your house never looks worse
2: than when you're about to swap it with a family member. I mean, is that the oh rule? Yes. My gosh. I, I mean, we've lived hard in our house for the two and a half years of the pandemic, right? We've had three right. rooms in here. We've used every room. One bathroom is a dark room for Colin. My husband has a working office. I have a working office. We haven't fixed a lot of things because we didn't want work people in the house. Right. It felt like everything was broken. And Oh
0: No. Oh yeah. Well, I know the things that you don't notice, right? Because right. you live, live with it every day, or if it's a little quirky, you just know how to manage around it. It's not, you know, it's not a big deal, but right. When you're having other people come and stay in your house and not to, and you won't be there and they have right. to figure it out themselves. Okay. oh right. Yeah. It's different than house guests where you can yes. kind of control what the house <laughs> guests see and doesn't you can
2: see, right. They you can them.
0: control the zones, right? Like that they're allowed in. And yeah. And yeah. free range. They're going to be using all the ranges. Oh, like, and they, like, they have, kids, they have the grandchildren. They're going to be into everything. Leah. They're going to open every drawer. I know. Yes. I know. I know. So that's uh, you know. So this
2: weekend alone, we had an electrician come in. We had to get our barbecue fixed. Uh, what else? Oh, the uh, the washing machine went out like Friday. I had someone here of Saturday, course. and of then of course. course the air conditioning broke. And so the big fix happening this afternoon. Maybe right now, while I'm standing here, we're waiting for the air conditioning people to come and the last minute attempt to fix it. It is so. I mean, we're going to come back to a great house, but uh, I have to say. You know, paying the fifteen hundred dollars a night now—it's looking pretty good. But um, okay, okay. But Beth, we had—I had a call with our cousin Beth, and it was funny. On Saturday, it was like she confessed all of her sins; I confessed all of mine, (laughs) and we just agreed, like, no judgment, no judgment. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and drink the half bottles of wine in the fridge. They're open to you. So uh, so anyway, and it's just been complicated then because it's two cars and I got to bring the dog because the dog has anxiety. And then we're going to Bend, Oregon. And so we have anyway, we we're going to get there. But I have been doing my own heptathlon
0: right here at home. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> in terms of getting ready for this.
0: You sound exhausted, Leanne. So that's, Ooh. you you sound like you're ready for the peak vacation. I'm, I'm so peaking, I'm
2: peaking right now. That's
0: good, that's good. Well, uh, before you leave town, okay, I really, I saw this story, I was like, this is so brilliant, and this is this is a summer job for you, Leanne. Okay, all right. We all know we've had this pandemic. What a bummer! But and it's impacted everything. Well, one of the other things that it has impacted is lifeguards, Lian. Do you know there's oh. a, there is a lifeguard shortage this summer, and I mainly, have read
2: that. I have read that.
0: Mainly for three reasons: uh, that they shut down all lifeguard training during COVID for obvious oh, right. reasons. There wasn't; they weren't doing a lot of that. Number two: now there's such a tight job market that even if you had a job as a lifeguard, you may be getting some better job. Okay, now I'm not talking about. I know you, La. The La lifeguards; those are like professional lifeguards that you know, uh, make quite a bit of money from what I've read in the papers, but uh, I'm talking about lifeguards that work at pools, right. that work at lakes and work at water parks, you know, summer job kind of positions and just uh, people aren't going to work. So, that, so there's a big lifeguard shortage, but there was a story in Philadelphia, a woman named Robin Landau, Okay. She's a 70 year old grandmother, Lynn, okay. Uh-huh. All right she got back in her tank suit she she dug deep in a closet she must have found her whistle and she's taken a job as a lifeguard uh at one of the municipal pools in philadelphia okay i saw videos of her she has a beautiful um uh uh, crawl stroke okay she's still good she's back in the chair And she feels like this is a great way to help kids because by being a lifeguard, doing this during the summer, it means more kids in her neighborhood can learn to swim.
2: You know what, Julie? I I think that's fantastic. And I am not kidding when I say, when I swim at the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center, uh, they always have a sign flashing this whole year, lifeguards needed. I look up at it, I think, I could just give everything up to be a lifeguard again. (laughs) You just,
0: you could do, but I think the idea that you have to be 16 to be a lifeguard is wrong. I I think, I think a mature lifeguard, you know, you're more likely to really watch the pool and pay attention. You know, you're not going to be looking at the uh, good looking boys, the good looking girls. You know what I mean? Well, uh, you don't (laughs) know. Yeah. Or you might be. You might be as well. But I think there's a whole group of people that can be convinced to get back in their suits, slap that like zinc oxide on their noses and get back in the business so we don't have a shortage. And so more kids learn to swim. Yeah. Great. Good idea. I think it is.
2: I'd much rather do that than like volunteer at a museum. I'd much rather be a lifeguard. than.
0: (laughs) I I know that's what what this woman is saying. She's saying, I'm helping kids. I know I am. By being a lifeguard, they have the ability to be at a pool. So how about that? Great. Okay.
2: Okay. Very positive.
0: So put that on your list uh, of things to do. But I saw another great article, just have to share it. And I think this is, it was how to boost your optimism. That they've done research, Lian, and they know that having a positive out, out, outlook is a style of thinking, okay? You know what? You aren't just either born a pessimist or born an optimist. You can actually train yourself by practicing certain things, techniques, to be more optimistic. Okay, let me give you an example, Leanne. Do you have a personal internal channel? No. Uh, no. Maybe maybe you do. But what you need is You don't know you what it need, is. You need to create a positive mental channel. someplace- that you can always go that replays memories of like a great book signing in your case, or, you know, some great, you know, dinner that you cooked or great family event that you hosted or party or whatever it is, that this is your mental channel that when you need to find optimism and goodwill, you just turn on your channel to get yourself a boost, what do you think about that? I think uh, that, yeah,
2: I feel like I, I think, do have that actually now that okay. you know,
0: now you've yes. described it. Yeah. I think I have one of those. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you also always have to reframe the negative. Okay. It's 108 here today in Dallas. Okay. But I could lament the heat, Leanne, but instead I think I'm going to enjoy some indoor activities today. See how it <laughs> works. Okay? okay. I'm not going to fight that heat. Okay. Okay. Um, This one, I would never do. I think this is the most ridiculous idea ever, but I think you would do it, Leanne, is write yourself a positive letter, okay? So you imagine your future self, like two years from now, uh, you are, I don't know, New York Times bestselling author, and you're writing yourself a positive letter to read. Would you do that? Would you just, no? No. I, no, I, so I, mean,
2: I would, I would do probably some version. Of, I mean, I do daydream about things. Uh, I, okay. I don't just know if I would physically write it down, write it down. Okay. You know, okay. I do put, I do post-its. I write post-its. And okay. That's that's close up. to
0: a letter. Okay. Fine. Good for you. Okay. So <laughs> you got the mental channel, the positive mental yes. channel, you know how to reframe the negative. You're going to write yourself a letter. And this one I think is really easy. Surround yourself with positivity. Okay. Get out of the doom scrolling, right? Just yeah, stop yeah. that. Okay, what does your social media feed look like? It better be all Satellite Sisters because that <laughs> is positive, positive, positive. You can throw in a couple of dogs, you know, a couple of recipe ones and you've got yourself a positivity. You know, don't we? haven't we always said that here at Satellite Sisters about like negaholics? You don't need to be, or you don't need all that negative energy, all right? right. Right. Listen to upbeat music. Don't you always do that, Leanne? Okay? I do. Right? Yeah. I mean, okay. sometimes
2: I like sad songs, but uh, yeah, but I I use music as a motivator all the time. I think these are a way to stay informed about the news without being completely absorbed by the news. Like and right. I just I we're so surrounded by media 24/7 now. You have to f- it's to make it a physical act to walk away from the news and to walk away from all the negativity. And that doesn't mean that you're like a ooh, you know, sticking your head in the sand. It just means you're choosing to be informed and then walk away. Uh, right. I've, and I've, I've and trying I have been try to
0: do that this summer. And that's what this is, it's practicing optimism, you know, and I okay. think that you just and that particularly, you know, when there's so much negativity around, it's not it's not it's not having blinders on but it's, it's, it's a way to sort of center yourself with positive thoughts rather than negative thoughts. And I, and, you know, I, I, I thought it was, there was some good techniques there that really could help um, boost optimism, which is a good thing.
2: <laughs> and I could be a lifeguard. I could be the <laughs> most optimistic lifeguard. I like it. All right. Check. That's, I'm going to write myself a letter. Uh, dear Leon. <laughs> I envision you sitting up on the chair, twirling your whistle in your hands.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, it's a good bit of image. Put that on your channel, Leanne. Okay.
2: All right. Stay with us. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support satellite sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we (laughs)
1: I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself because you're worth it. That's, that's true.
2: That is absolutely true. Okay. That moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win win win. Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sisters and use code sisters to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. We're so happy to welcome to Satellite Sisters, Stephanie Weaver. Stephanie is a health educator and chronic illness advocate. She's also a pretty great recipe creator. Her latest book is the Migraine Relief Plan Cookbook. It's out now. It's an accessible and approachable cookbook of more than 100 recipes. There's inspiration. There's insight from health professionals for all the readers battling migraines, headaches, Meniere's disease, and other chronic illnesses. Stephanie, thanks for being on Satellite Sisters. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You know, can we start with your personal journey? Because I know there's a lot of information in this cookbook and some great recipes, but how did this start for you? You battle migraine. Is that the correct term? Battle migraine or have migraine? Uh, what is the correct term?
3: Well, I, so I have migraine disease, uh, which, is, uh, which means you have periodic attacks, uh, which is what people call having a migraine. It's, you're actually having an attack, but you uh-huh. have the neurobiological condition or disease your whole life. They're hereditary. Um, I just wasn't diagnosed until I was 53 because mine were not really typical migraine attacks. They uh, I just called them weather headaches. The weather would change, uh, you know, bad thunderstorm oh. or something. And I would get this kind of sharp <laughs> stake, <laughs> spike through the temple kind of headache. And I just was never diagnosed as that being migraine. And I always thought, migraine was you have aura, you you know have the vision issues, you have to lie down in a dark room for three days because I had coworkers right. that had that experience. And so because mine didn't follow that pattern, I didn't know until I started getting vertigo attacks when I was 53. And then now looking back, I can see I had what are called abdominal migraines as a kid where you have this really sharp stomach pain, but they can't figure out why. And they also think oh. that colic in babies might be the first symptom of migraine showing up.
0: Really? Oh. Wow, Stephanie. So, Stephanie, this is Julie. How did you treat those uh, headaches that you had? I mean, did you just think it was like sinus or weather? I mean, did you take over-the-counter medication for it? Yeah, I took over-the-counter medication, and then I was
3: prescribed a couple different things, but I was never prescribed the migraine medication, and I was never told I had migraine. And so it wasn't until, like I said, the vertigo started that I actually found a headache specialist. One of the issues is there just aren't that many trained headache specialists in the U.S. And so many, many people go undiagnosed. And just by the way, 90% of what we call sinus headaches are actually undiagnosed migraines. So there's a lot of people out there that probably have migraine and just don't realize it.
2: Well, I was surprised to read in your book that over 40 million Americans suffer from migraine. I mean, that's a huge number.
3: Yes. Yeah, so, so it's one in five people who menstruate, uh, and, um, and then one in seven, uh, total. So it's, uh, because of the hormonal changes that, uh, people with uteruses have, <laughs> right. they, uh, so it um, impacts, impacts women more than
0: more. men. Okay.
3: huh. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's basically 50, 50 up until puberty, uh, girls and boys, and then it uh, shifts over. So a lot of boys don't have it after they hit puberty because, uh, for whatever reason, testosterone seems to be somewhat prot- protective. Oh, okay. All right. So what did you do then? Like your
2: background is also as a health educator, you are uh, you develop recipes, you're an advocate. So did you decide to sort of take things into your own hands and figure out how to get rid of these migraines with diet? Is that what happened?
3: So when I was finally diagnosed by a neurologist, he handed me a diet sheet, uh, which is three pages uh, one of those charts. And it's like, Eat this column, don't eat that column. And I got home, and about seventy five percent of what was in my refrigerator was in the do not eat column. Oh, and, oh God, I didn't mean to uh, laugh,
0: but I. Oh no, no,
3: it was it was comical in a terrible way, uh, and so I just I stood in my. Kitchen and cried because at that point I'd been um so I have this master's of public health and nutrition education. I'd gotten interested in having a food blog in 2010. So I'd been writing a food blog, developing recipes, but I've been dealing with food and nutrition kind of my whole life in different ways. And so I, you know, I tried to follow what he told me. I ordered every book on Amazon and they were all helpful to some degree and also highly contradictory. And I, you know, because I have this background in understanding health issues, I start, as soon as I started feeling somewhat better following the plan that they gave me, um, I realized there's just a lot of people that probably could use more help than what was available. So I started researching, went to the library, medical library at UCSD here in San Diego and found out that there just wasn't a lot of good information about diet and nutrition and migraine. But it seemed like following this anti-inflammatory approach would be helpful as well as eliminating or determining what my food triggers were if I had them. And so that's how the first book, The Migraine Relief Plan, came about. I tested it with two different kind of groups of beta testers, um, had this eight-week Program And then eventually sold that book, which has 75 recipes. And that book helps people determine what their actual trigger pattern is because everyone is different. That's why it's so difficult to create just one plan. It's like one person might be sensitive to lemons and the next person might not have any food issues at all. So, Stephanie, um, yeah. is food
0: the number one trigger for migraines or, you know, or can it be a range of things?
3: Yeah, so it's a range and I'll just explain kind of how it works. What they think is that we all have this, if you have migraine as a hereditary condition, you have the predisposition to have attacks. So what happens is they think everyone has what they call a migraine threshold, meaning you're living at this particular um, if you live below it, you you won't have as many attacks and the triggers seem to be cumulative. So if there's a lot of stress, if you didn't okay. sleep well, if you weren't drinking enough water and then perhaps, you know, chose some foods that possibly are an issue for you, that can be enough to send you okay. into an attack. So that's Got kind it. of how it works.
2: Got it. Got it. And you know, when you say anti-inflammatory diet, what what does that mean in the broadest sense for people who might not be familiar with that term? Although I have to say I've heard it eight million times. I yes. can't really pinpoint what it is. Actually, if you had to, if I had to take a quiz, I wouldn't know which foods contributed. It's something about a FOD map, is all I know. I don't have, <laughs> I know. So what what constitutes an anti-inflammatory diet?
3: So the three top things to think about are fat, sugar, and then whole foods. Oh, so, oh we love all those. So well, no, you so can still have, still have fat, just the right kind of fat. So okay. one of the things that's the issue with um, typically American foods is we eat a lot of prepared processed, whatever you want to call them foods. Foods that come in crinkly bags and boxes um, tend to be high in cheaper fats, which are high in omega-6 fatty acids. So those are sunflower, um, cotton seed, soybean oil. Um, they're cheaper to produce, so that's why the food manufacturers use them. They taste great, but the issue is that we have the balances off, so we need to have more omega-3s than omega-6s, and we're kind of in the reverse if you eat sort of a typical American diet. So you want to swap out those for extra virgin olive oil which is delicious um as well as you know you can use coconut oil and then if you're not sensitive to avocados avocado oil is also a great choice for cooking and grass-fed butter also excellent so no problems there so those are all fats we all love and are tasty so i'm not not saying you can't have yummy fat you want you just want to have the right one the second thing is sugar again built into all of those foods that we love that are convenience foods but it does increase your inflammation in your body. Okay. Doesn't cause migraines, it just causes inflammation. And that's sort of allows, uh, it's a sort of a better environment in your brain to have an attack if you have more inflammatory chemicals running around. And then the okay. last one is really the whole foods and grain. So the Mediterranean diet, if everybody's familiar with that, that's anti-inflammatory. And okay. probably how you eat, lean li- after having your surgery, yeah. you know, you've had to be really careful and um, only choose certain foods. And that's part of the issue with anybody who has a health crisis is often you have to figure out how to change your diet, and that's very difficult. So that's why the first book helps with that, and the second book supports it with more of these yummy recipes.
2: It's also really emotional because food is really emotional and it's really personal. And I can see why you stood in your kitchen that first day and just felt terrible because uh, we just attach a lot of things to food, food beyond nutrition. Uh, Stephanie, I know you think of yourself as a chronic illness advocate. Is, is that why do people rally around that idea? Do they want to talk out these things with you? How, do, how does that advocacy uh, work for you?
3: Well, part of it is just wanting to raise awareness. You know, there's such a stigma around migraine and headache because it's always been a kind of a women's disease. And oh. some people think it's just just a headache. So why can't you work? Why do you need special accommodation? So a lot of people just try to work through it. They don't tell their employers. And there's a lot of advocacy now around making sure people know it's a neurobiological disease. It's not, I'm just not trying to get off work. I really don't feel well. And it affects, you know, you have brain fog. Sometimes people have vision issues. You have light sensitivity is one of my big ones. And so it does really make it difficult to function. And part of being an advocate is is just raising awareness, like coming on your wonderful show and being able to talk about it.
2: Okay. All right. Now you worked in putting this book together. There's a fantastic forward in your book by uh, a nutrition scholar and a neurology professor. How do you work with professionals like that to sort of build, you know, legitimacy for your, for your relief plan?
3: Absolutely. So I had a clinical nutritionist and a neurologist review the first book. And then those two doctors, Don Buse and Margaret Slavin reviewed the second book and made sure that everything was Uh, correct in terms of current knowledge. Nutrition knowledge changes all the time. Scientific knowledge changes all the time. But basically, when we go to print, (laughs) this is the best information we have at that time. And there is some really encouraging small research studies that have just happened showing the link between anti-inflammatory diets and reducing migraine attacks. So that was a nice little piece of, oh, okay, here's actually a scientific study that shows that this approach can be really helpful. All right. So what are some of the key things in these recipes? Are they, is gluten an issue for migraine? So it can be inflammatory for a lot of people. It's primarily because American wheat has been hybridized to contain way more gluten because it makes better, you know, uh, muffins fast
0: and muffins (laughs) and all those things. Thicker spongier bread. Yes.
3: Yeah. It's a, it's a, so it's a protein that's found in wheat and some other grains. And so my book chooses to be gluten-free because it's been found to be anti-inflammatory for a lot of people. People can certainly use regular flour in the recipes if they wish. Um, I try to make my recipes really flexible. So if, uh, if you're cooking for a vegan, you can use coconut milk. There's Almost 90 recipes are either vegetarian or vegan friendly. A lot of them are egg and dairy free. And so um, if people are following a grain free diet, there's icons for that. So it allows people to, you know, cook for their families, not have to have their own special food, which is very isolating as well. Yeah. Right. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Right. And we photographed it to be very light and bright and kind of Beautiful photographs.
0: Uh, Stephanie, all the food looks so delicious because of the photography. Yep.
3: Yes. And that was not, I did not have anything to do with that, except I chose the photographer and kind of art directed it, but um, she's a magical, like she even made tapioca pudding and jello look incredible. So (laughs) hats off to her. Is it complicated then to develop these recipes within these
2: specific guidelines? I mean, how complicated is that?
3: Uh, it's very tricky because there's almost no acids in the diet um, when you're on the strict version of it. So no vinegar, no citrus. And so oh. making them balanced was very challenging. They're also you just very-
0: heard the groans. <laughs> yeah, I Like, okay, we <laughs> oh, both yes, ho- no. we're home cooks, so we know the importance of a little, a- you know, that yes. you need lemon, vine- vinegar. Oh, wow.
3: And it's all okay. low sodium as well. So um, so my goal was to make the recipes incredibly tasty, within those limitations, and then as people are going through and they figure out, oh, there's only I need to avoid, well, then you're absolutely encouraged to put all those foods back in your diet. So use the avocado oil, add a a squeeze of lime or lemon on top, because there are notes in the book saying, you know, if you've tested it, you can use this in addition, uh, because obviously those foods are wonderful. They're fantastic and healthy. It's just, uh, that was the the challenge was the known migraine triggers. It's a pretty big long list because again, everybody's a little bit different. So that was the challenge. And the way that the recipes were developed, um, I basically some of these started six years ago. I had a group of 35 to 40 recipe testers in multiple countries. Wow. I tested each recipe at least three times and gave it to neighbors made sure I felt like it was really excellent. And then it went out to my recipe testers. And at least three people have made the recipes in their own home kitchens. And that teaches me a lot about what people don't know. Like, one yep. funny story was there's a basically it's a sauteed vegetable hash, and
1: Ooh. the tester
3: didn't um, <laughs> register that she couldn't make it in a stockpot. So she tried making it in a stock pot, which didn't have room for the sautéing function. And so it was like really super mushy. And she sent back her testing sheet and said, wow, this was terrible. It was like all mushy. And I was like, okay, what did you do? Because I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, oh, okay. Not everyone has a sauté pan or registers that that's an important piece of the information. And so that... That's so helpful.
0: Now, yeah. were you te- were your testers uh, migraine sufferers or they were just testing uh, the fu- uh, the recipes? Uh, a lot of them
3: were because I put out calls through kind of migraine related groups, but I also had okay. some people that just loved making recipes and want to help and have their name in a cookbook and the acknowledgements and were amazing. <laughs> I had one person make, I think she, the, the person that made the most, I think made 40. So she was really wow. above and beyond. Um, but yeah, you know, Somebody in England wrote back and said, I have no idea what fire roasted canned chilies are. Okay. <laughs> and so you register like, oh, because the book is sold in other countries. So you want to make sure that you say, if this isn't available, here's the substitution. Yeah. And if it's, you know, some coconut milk cans are 14 and a half ounces and some are 13 and a half ounce. So you have to figure out, is that going to make a difference? Or can I tell people it's okay to use the whole can? Cause I also don't like to have like, a quarter cup of something left over, like or right. half of a bunch of parsley leftover that you know is going to go bad in the fridge. Much, <laughs> Thank you very much,
0: Stephanie. Thank you. Because that is annoying with recipes. It's so annoying. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. That, Stephanie, do you feel better uh, following this diet? Like what have you seen in your health picture that makes you think I'm on the right track?
3: Yes. Yeah, so, other people's mileage may vary, but what happened for me <laughs> was I, um, so I went on a medication, not a, a, a preventive, but not a migraine specific. It was more for the vertigo. And then I, about seven weeks into the plan, I realized, oh, I don't have a headache every day. I had a daily headache for, I don't know uh, how many oh my gosh. decades oh. probably, because I just got used to it. And so I woke up one day my head didn't hurt. And I was like, oh, wait, is this how I'm supposed to feel? wow, this is awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then the actual
3: migraine days I was having when I was diagnosed, I was having three to five days a week.
0: Oh, wow. And now
3: I have one to three a month, and it's really mostly weather changes. So I feel really lucky. Not everyone responds the way I did, and it's not just food. So there's other lifestyle factors. Is that all in
2: the book too? That kind of stuff? Yeah.
3: Yeah, the migraine, migraine brains like regularity. So you wanna go to bed at the same time every night, get up at the same time. You wanna drink water throughout the day, make sure you're eating throughout the day. And some kind of gentle movement doesn't have to be hardcore exercise. And then the last thing is some kind of stress management, whether that's listening to the Calm app, which I know you love, (laughs) or or meditation, or, um, you know, even prayer, something that's reducing the stress in your body that all helps with the inflammation. And so those are the lifestyle factors that are really important. And I do address all those in the first book.
1: Hmm.
2: Stephanie, what your the book is out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I want to remind people of the title. And now it's the Migraine Relief Plan Cookbook. Um, so, will you speak to like um, migraine specific groups? Is that something that you do often, or, or as a health educator, who do you talk to about this kind of stuff other than your satellite sisters?
3: Sure. So, I, I'm getting invited to do more of those webinars with specialty uh, audiences. Okay, I'm speaking with a um, headache center staff next month which is really exciting because um, getting doctors on board has been a bit of a challenge because they don't usually have a lot of nutrition background and so they don't see it as something that they should talk with their patients about necessarily and yeah i'm doing a webinar for a group called miles for migraine which is a national advocacy organization that does run walk um, events all around, around the country, so that's exciting. And then I also do a lot on my social media channels, where I do you know reels and videos and stuff. So at, at S. Weaver MPH is where people can find me online.
2: Okay, we'll put all this in the show notes. And then Stephanie has kindly provided a delicious recipe uh, for carrot soup that um, fits all your all your things. It's got ginger, it's got turmeric, mm-hmm. it's got. Garlic. Garlic,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh,
2: it's it looks great. So it fits all the. It's a very typical recipe from your book. So we're going to put that on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group page, and we're also going to put it in Pep Talk this week, along with all of Stephanie's um, uh, social media. In case you want to connect, because I do sense that you're well. You're so good at that, Stephanie, being a connector and supporting people. I mean, we met online. You've been a part of the Satellite Sisterhood for a long time. Uh, very active in our Facebook group. Um, if people are listening now, I know you're not a doctor and you don't, you're not going to, uh, diagnose people, but if they think they might have like something like, Oh, maybe I have migraine. What should they do first? Call their doctor. Is that, or post on our Facebook group.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you cannot look at the national headache foundation has a great provider list that you can look up and find headache specialists. Um, I would. Google your city or town and see if there's a headache specialist nearby. Uh, you definitely want to see a neurologist if you think you have migraine or if you like have had sinus headaches forever and nothing seems to help and you actually don't have like anything yucky coming out of your nose, you may be actually having a migraine that's presenting as sinus pain. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, you want to get help because there's so many medications now. I, I mean, I, I don't, avoid medication but i like the lifestyle approach cuz it's what i can control but there are a ton of new medications now so maybe if someone tried them 20 years ago and didn't feel like they helped or felt terrible know that there's lots of new options which is really awesome for for the folks in the community
2: it's interesting to me that it's uh, so many more heavily women and that it's been dismissed. And of course, as women, we're the first ones to say, oh, it's just a little headache. Oh, yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. We do it, do it to power. ourselves.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll we? power through it. Or yeah. I, I think that what I'm learning is that it's so different for every single person too, that, you know, that you can have very individual symptoms and patterns of headaches and things, and that can make you sort of you know, sort of doubt whether you have something as, you know, serious as migraine disease, you know? So uh, it's always, it's good that there's so much information available now.
3: A hundred percent. And it's exciting to see that there is, there are so many more resources and I'm just grateful that I'm able to provide that. You know, I have this background in public health, but I also was a recipe developer and I also developed curriculum when I worked in museums. So it felt like I was sort of called to do this, like, well, Mm -hmm. I sort of have all the skills here. Maybe I'm the one that needs to put this together. And also I was frustrated because I would read a book and they would say, you know, don't eat citrus. And then the very first recipe would be orange French toast. And I would just throw (laughs) up my hands and say, well, that's not helpful, folks, you know, so that was my goal was to provide recipes for those people that do know that they have food sensitivities that they can be sure that all the recipes are safe, but also delicious for their whole family. So like, you know, the turkey tacos, you can do taco night and you can have all this fixins and sides and then you can just put on your tacos what works for you and everybody else can have all the other stuff too.
2: Well, it's a wonderful cookbook. Yeah, it's a wonderful cookbook, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about migraine. We know there are a lot of listeners out there that are in the same boat. I hope they can find some relief in your Migraine Relief Plan cookbook. Thanks, Stephanie. We appreciate it.
0: Bye, Stephanie.
2: Great to talk to Stephanie, wasn't it? She Uh, was very informative about that
0: topic. I learned so much about that topic and that she's, she really is on it. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Yes. Yeah.
2: We appreciate that. All right. Again, you can always check the show notes, uh, check our website, check the Facebook group, subscribe to pep talk. We try to spread the links around a lot of link love here at Satellite Sisters. Um, Speaking of that, uh, we're going to take a break. Actually, we're taking a few weeks off this summer. We usually take a hiatus every August. Uh, and hiatus is just a fancy entertainment word for (laughs) vacation. (laughs) But everyone in the media business says hiatus. So, But our hiatus this year is a little bit earlier. means we'll come back earlier uh, because we're trying to incorporate the World Track and Field Championships in it. So we will be taking the next four Tuesdays off, uh, but we will be reposting some of our favorite new to you shows. Have we decided exactly what those are yet? We have not but uh, stay tuned. I'm also going to be taking a break from pep talk, but you should get a pep talk this week in your inbox. And then we're going to take a little break from pep talk. Um, But this is our summer refresh. We do this every summer. It's a chance for you to catch up on old shows and share the shows you love with, uh, with your friends that you're vacationing with this summer. So uh, Julie, you have any big plans for the break?
0: I, I do Leanne, I um I you know I am reclaiming uh, my uh, third bedroom. Okay, oh, that's it's right. Been, it's been a home <laughs> gym, okay. <laughs> It's uh, the, the yeah, I, I told you the kettlebells have left the building, okay? <laughs> so I'm very excited about this project, okay? So, right. uh, uh, it's going to be a transformation. So, the next time you'll come, you won't recognize this room, Liam.
2: Oh, that's exciting, okay? okay. We'll enjoy that. Yeah, I'm going to be finishing up my next book, so uh, so I'll be working just not on satellite sisters, but I'm also looking forward to that time, just uh. You know, unadulterated writing time is kind of fun. Um, all right. I also have some exciting news for the Catalyte sisterhood. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, know, uh, you know, we have satellite sisters that love their cats, right? Yes. And yes we're we just do. not necessarily cat people. Well, we're not cat people, and a lot of it is allergy based. So just please understand, I'm highly allergic to cats, but I have over the years cultivated some feral cats and I have a new feral cat in my life, (gasps) really. So I'm very excited because he is, uh, his name, I'm calling him gray bear. Uh, because he's just a big gray cat. He's a light gray body, a dark gray head, bright blue eyes. He's kind of mean looking. Yeah. Okay. I would not fool around with him. He's a
0: city cat. He's a city cat. He's an LA city cat. Is he in your
2: backyard? He's patrolling the backyard like a stud. I mean, I I have some squirrels that take advantage of things and he is on it. Uh, He's also unfortunately on a little rabbit. I think, uh, (laughs) I think gray bear took care of a rabbit the other day, but okay. Not saying anything. That's his job back there. Anyway, I I've been just putting out a little bowl of food every night just to keep him in the neighborhood. The neighbors and I wanted we want we want Gray Bear to stay between our two yards, so we're both feeding him a little bit. I can oh. say train now every night around six. He shows up. I put a little thing of just cheap cat food out there he's very happy with it but how
0: does this go with your giant german shepherd how how does gray bear uh, get along
2: you know she oh there's no interaction Uh, and there's not like if Steffi saw her the the cat wouldn't show up but they the cat is smarter than the dog i'll just say that and the dog is old now so the (laughs) the dog by about 5 p.m she's checked out she's she's wrapping it up for the day. So she just sits in the back. I feed the cat in the front and, and they, they've made, you know, they don't, they haven't made peace, but they don't have a lot of interaction. That's why I'm glad I cultivated her because, uh, the last feral cat just got chased off by the dog, but now, now I'm back. So there you go. Satellite sisterhood. See, I'm open to cats. Just not if I
0: have to touch, touch them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just wish you well. Okay. I guess, I guess that's my reaction to it. So thanks for sharing. I know many people, we'd love to see a picture of Gray Bear. If you can, if you can manage that, Uh, that would be helpful, Uh, but we'll just keep us posted on that. So uh, that's good. I will. I will. Okay. Well, you know, at the beginning of the show, when I was talking about optimism and I was saying it was so hot and that I'm really enjoying all the inside activities. uh, Well, I've done some TV watching because <laughs> because it's it's been too darn hot to go outside, okay, for everybody, including the dog, okay? But I have two great TV series that I want to recommend. The first one is For All Mankind, and this is on Apple Plus. And this is, it's an unusual pick for me, Leanne, because it's a scripted science fiction drama. Just, oh. here's here's the story. Just, it's an alternative history depicting what would have happened if the global space race never ended, okay? what In this story, Russia beats us to the moon, okay? Uh, and this, the, how this show got created was there was a famous Russian scientist, Sergei Korolev, who was the father of the Soviet space program. And he died in the 1960s. And after he died, sort of the Russian space program kind of fell apart. And that's when the Americans we really went crazy. We landed on the moon. We did do we, you know, we did a great job. So this show takes the point of view well, what if Korolev had not died? What if he had lived? And what if there was this ongoing race uh, to the moon and to other planets? Um with the Russians, so it has a great ensemble cast. It mixes real life astronauts and presidents with, you know, period pieces. Really good acting, good writing. I and there are three series. There are three seasons of it, so I highly recommend it. It's called For All Mankind on Apple. Oh, Post.
2: all right, Julie. Good. Yeah, one. I
0: think this is one where the whole family would enjoy it, and uh, it's a close enough. I mean. I, it, you know, it's just well done. The production value is great. So uh, I want to recommend that one. And then the second one, Leon. Uh, you know, yes, you did have a, a career as a lifeguard, but you also had a career as a waitress. And I think for anyone that has ever worked in a restaurant, uh, I think I want to recommend The Bear, which is a new television series created by Christopher Storer. And it stars Jeremy Allen White. And this is, here's the premise in this show. It's a drama that in the summer of 2022, a James Beard Award winning chef returns home to manage the original beef at Chicagoland, a rundown restaurant that was owned by his brother, and his brother has died of suicide. So, this is a show about family, food, And definitely the intensity of of restaurants. Uh, It's not relaxing to watch if you've been a waitress. (laughs) You and I both did that. And it was like, they have the kitchen scenes exactly right about Uh. what it's like working, how tense it is, About also about the family that you create working in that tense environment with the cooks, the dishwashers, the prep cooks, and all of that. I think you will really enjoy this show.
2: Yeah, this has been on my to watch list. I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And I always have wondered, like, why isn't there a great restaurant show on? Because so many people in the entertainment business worked in restaurants. That's how they supported themselves. But it's been few and far between, like a real scripted restaurant show. We've had all the good cooking shows and everything like that, but not so much behind the scenes. So I'm really looking forward to this one, Joel. Maybe I'll watch it on my my vacation, on my hiatus. My you? Oh, your hiatus. That's what you're going on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I went to a music festival here in Pasadena. It was called the Palomino Festival. Yes. And it was primarily country artists. It was all country artists, which sort of surprised me. I signed up to go see Jason Isbell, who's like alt country. And then everybody else was very country. So that was the first time I'd ever been to a country music festival. And Julie, uh-huh. if, you're, if you're wondering where all those jeans from the seventies went, those cut off jean shorts, they're country yeah. music festivals. Yeah. Cause that's what all the girls were wearing like the cutoff yes. jeans, the little like half top, the crop top and cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. That's, that's the look laying. Yep. You got to have that. That's not what I was wearing, Julie, but I appreciated <laughs> how cute, how cute they all looked. I, I was like in comfort sandals and a $15 like black t-shirt dress that I bought at Target. Cause I knew I was just going to sweat through it, but, um, okay. So I've developed a list of some music festival do's and don'ts okay all mainly, right mainly do's because i have another music festival coming up at the end of august uh this ain't no picnic which is more uh it's a wide a variety of bands and it's a two-day festival so i really have to say wow. oh this. all right Here. i know again it's right down at the rose bowl so when you can walk to these things like okay it's that's hard. Good. i
0: imagined you and your husband
2: were camping at no the no East no no, okay. no 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 okay no you, you can walk down and see courtney barnett or phoebe Bridges, you're just going to go do that so uh here's the deal shade over proximity okay we found a table in the shade we we just stuck to that table it wasn't that close to any of the stages but we didn't care at our age shade over proximity I, smart 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 i agree with you there Lian. You got to pace yourself, Jewel. You know, you got to pace yourself. It's a long day. I mean, we were there for 10 hours at the Country Music Yikes! Festival. That's mean, a we long haven't time. been anywhere for 10 hours lately. So <laughs> you <gotta> pace yourself. <laughs> All right. You have to make hard choices. Like, okay. I, I, I will admit, I skipped Willie Nelson because I didn't want to leave, give up my spot for Jason Isbell you know, I could hear Willie on the other stage, Willie and family. I could not see Willie. That's okay. I feel like I was still part of it, but that's a hard choice to make. Yes, that I you do
0: that, that. I mean, new Orleans jazz fest. It's always, there's some terrible choices you have to make because they're right. so good performers. Yes. Right.
2: Right. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Yes. Okay. I I do- I like I appreciate that they all have those water trucks now that you can bring in reusable water bottles. They can only be the plastic ones, but if you bring them in empty, you can refill them over and over again. So you don't have to stand in line. And even when you did stand in line for like the one beer we got, um, the water was cheap, like they're selling water cheap. So I appreciated that. And then the last thing is girls get out of the flip-flops. I mean, we put some decent shoes
0: on. What's the matter? Your feet Leah? get
2: so dirty at those yes. things.
0: That's why they wear the boots, the cute boots, right? I know, yes. but
2: then the other couple of girls just in the cheap flip-flops,
0: just put, please put a sole on your feet. I just, I don't know what to say. You're going to step on something. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounded more like a grandmother than a festival goer. Okay. I know.
2: I couldn't help it. I mean, that was the thing. I was like, I know you look cute now, but it's going to get chilly in this canyon. You're going to be cold at night and that cropped up, but Okay.
0: <laughs> Did you tell him to bring a sweater, Lynn, to put over the crop top? Okay.
2: Next time, Joel. Next time. Okay. <sighs>
0: Uh, all right, that is our show for
2: today. A big thanks to Stephanie Weaver for joining us on Satellite Sisters. Thanks to Sergio Enriquez, our engineer, and Emily Loudermilk, who does our graphics. You can follow us at Sat Sisters to see Emily's stuff. Again, almost everything you need is at satellitesisters.com, uh, but we would love to have you join uh, Pep Talk, which is our newsletter. You can sign up for that at satellitesisters.com if you need more Satellite Sisters in your life. Um, Jill, this is exciting. It's always fun to take a little break, and then it's yes, fun it to come is. back
0: again. So, what's on your to-do list? Well, Leanne, you know, after that story about the lifeguard, I think I'm going to do more laps during the hiatus. You know, <laughs> I mean, would that would be a great volunteer job? Okay, yeah. okay. I think we get can back in gear. Get back, get in, back in gear. Okay, that's it. Okay, Let's I'm doing laps.
2: Girls, back on the chairs. I mean, all. I mean, you and I were lifeguards. That's, yes. that's it. I don't yes. think Sheila was ever a lifeguard. Was she? No, no, no. She she Sheila. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we can do it. We can. Okay. <laughs> that's our, that's our,
0: that's our golden, golden years plan. Lifeguard. Golden. It's the golden girls lifeguards. <laughs> it's, we're going to be a whole team. Okay. Okay. Now, I mean, you know, to, you're, yeah, why not? I mean, you're doing the ta- tap dancing, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, why not? not lifeguard? But,
2: yeah, that's true. We're going to have to work on the suits. Is that, I mean, I don't know if I could still pull off that red Baywatch suit I wore, but, okay. um, all but right. maybe, who knows? You know what? It's all a mindset, Julie. Positivity. Yes, it is. Be optimistic. <laughs> okay. What's on your to-do list, leigh Julie, Le- Jewel, I got to post this show because, you know, usually Liz does it and I I'm all alone here today. So fingers crossed, you have made it to the end of the show and I successfully posted it. <laughs> so okay. that's okay. on my to-do list. You can do it, Leanne. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Have a great week, Joel. You too, Leanne. Call your satellite sister.